Hey guys, welcome back to the Slice of Empathy podcast. Man, it's been a hot moment. Um, we're officially in January. Uh, I can't believe it's ready 2023. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to visit my sister-in-law. Shout out to her. I'm super excited. It's been a while since I've seen her and her husband. And I am just so excited. Um, so I'm going to North Carolina tomorrow. And I hope to get this uh, episode edited and out by the time I get back to go up on Friday, but we'll see. So yeah, the life of a YouTuber, podcaster, and someone who has a nine to five, you know, there's so, you wear so many hats. So anyway, we are officially into the new year. Let's talk about a few things. So to me, I honestly... I love watching people set their New Year's resolution goals and all of that and I actually want to get a journal and I, I really want to get to it and outline everything. I have a overall idea. It's just for me and I noticed that there's like other people who feel the same way that January is just kind of like, and t- you know, let me know if you guys feel the same, but to me, January is just kind of like... Um, like kind of ease in from the holidays you know kind of like easing into the new year and then I really kind of hit the ground running once we hit February because I don't know I mean I think it's the transition between New Year's like Christmas and New Year's and like the holiday blues that so many people seem to get and it's funny years ago I always just felt just so alone in it um and I know seasonal depression affects so many people and in so many different ways and for some folks you know generally I think it tends to kind of seep in after the holidays kind of that there's kind of like that lull between you know Christmas and New Year's and the transition of everything and it's just kind of sad when you have to put all your Christmas decorations away and then it's like it really hits you and then like you just have like three months of winter cold and overcast skies and where I am in California it's been crazy it's been raining off and on for about a month straight and yeah it's been insane we've had a lot of flooding in our area and you know we were in drought for such a long time and you know we're I think we're finally out of it but yeah the rain has been crazy and normally I don't don't get me wrong I love rain but I love rain in like a more tropical warm sunny setting I think honestly the overcast gray skies have just made just made it really hard for me to get through the day I feel sleepy quite a lot and you know I don't eat plasma on the side so I do my best to try and up my iron levels and make sure everything's all good there you know I'm taking supplements and I'm just so I'm still tired and sometimes when you have an iron deficiency you can be you know tired and for the most part you know I'm able to donate plasma so I don't know like the only thing I can think of is attributing it to seasonal depression or you know what's called seasonal affective disorder and for some people that could mean you know the days being shorter I feel like for me it's more like just kind of the overcast kind of gray skies the sun's not out 
And as much as I like the rain, it's just I just feel like I just I'm I just feel sleepy and I just want to lay in bed and just kind of sleep. And it's so it's just hard to explain because like I don't have anything. I'm not depressed or have anything to feel depressed about. But I think it's the seasons. Um, even though Christmas like comes only a few days after it's officially winter, we still have like another two and a half months of winter and cold and whatnot. So I think. Yeah, like I think it's just kind of getting through that. Usually January through March is like a hard time of year for me personally, just because there's not a whole lot going on and, you know, a lot of gray skies and cold and and uh, just the way the seasons kind of affect you. So I'm, I'm, I don't know, I, when I see other folks talking about it, I just feel less alone. And, and that's kind of reassuring just to see that other people are, are kind of there and like it's normal to feel a little bit, like a little bit sad when the holidays are officially over because as I said, Christmas is my all time favorite holiday. I just, I love Christmas. I love the holidays. Um, so it's a little sad once they're over. Uh, the last couple weeks, I've been finding myself just kind of easing into January, kind of decluttering, kind of having some things in mind, getting some things kind of taken care of, putting things away. I think it was like January 8th or something like that when I finally put everything away. And I don't feel so bad because my sister-in-law, like they still had their Christmas tree up when we went over there, which is funny. Um, and I, I thought like, I had my office Christmas tree up for a few extra days just so I could enjoy it. I think December, I, I believe I mentioned in my last episode that December was just, it was just so chaotic, not necessarily in a bad way, but there was just so much going on that I just kind of felt the whiplash. And I think that's partially why I might be so fatigued because like every weekend we were traveling pretty much throughout most of the month of December. And I, and then I, of course, after the holidays, I ended up getting sick. Um, although I'm glad it was after Christmas and not before. So I spent a week kind of trying to recover from that feeling better now. I was only sick for like a week. COVID was just cold, but still. Um, so I, I've been thinking a lot about 2023. There are definitely some, some goals that I hit and some goals that I'd like to kind of refresh. And of course, one of those big goals that I hit was, you know, this podcast. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I think another one that's on the top of my head, probably number one on my list, is to get down to it and start writing uh, a couple of uh, books that I've had in my mind for probably since COVID started and just starting that. Um, I've been procrastinating. There's just been so much going on, but I think I want to make that a big priority. So I'll be continuing the podcast monthly. Maybe at some point in time we will do bi-monthly, um, bi-weekly, but right now I think monthly is pretty solid and I think I will be scaling back a little bit on my YouTube channel, maybe just posting once a week. I usually post a couple of times a week, maybe like two to three times a week, but I might only just post once a week as I kind of, you know, decide what, where and what direction I want to go. I still want to kind of continue the lifestyle content, a little bit of everything, unboxings, fashion hauls, try-ons, um, but I also would love to incorporate some recipes, some days in life, things like that, and just kind of see how it goes. So another thing I had been thinking about, my my other sister-in-law was really encouraging me was, um, you know, I've had, I've had an idea for a business and uh, partially that's why I 
decided to um, create my website, ValerieJKelly.com. And that was supposed to be a hub for information on uh, some novels that I'm planning and some marketing and communications and copywriting services that I plan to provide, as well as a couple of other sites um, because I was really thinking about dedicating myself to a body care and skincare line just because I, I love to create and make things, but it's just hard because I love to do so many things. Um, I love to do arts and crafts as well and in my free time. So it's it's been tough. And I think a lot of those ideas came to fruition maybe about six months or so before we bought our house. And, you know, once we were, you know, in the process of buying our house and moving and traveling and all of that, it kind of got put off to the side a little bit. But now it's something that I definitely would like to revisit. So I'm going to make a hard stop for myself, a commitment that I will register for an LLC by the end of the year. Um, At some point, I would love to be monetized for the podcast. It's a long way off, but at some point, um, I think that would be awesome. Um, Have a long way to go. So I I would love to do that. And here in California, it's pretty expensive to register an LLC. I think it's up to the tune of like $800. I know in a lot of other states, it's like $50. So it's like quite, uh, it's quite a bit different. Um, It's quite expensive here to register um, LLC. So yeah, um, that's something that I have been thinking about. I've also considered reselling primarily fashion and clothing. Um, that's been something that I've been thinking about. I thought, um, about reselling body care as well, but there's like a few things to that inventory and sourcing. So there's a few things I've been kind of thinking about and maybe, maybe I'll try a little bit of each. Um, you know, again, as I said, I have a nine to five too, so it's, it's hard to manage everything. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, whiplash. So yeah, those are my January goals. And we are officially, next year, going to China and Japan early next year. I'm so excited. It's a dream come true. That uh, another goal of mine, which I I really wish I had done better on, I got discouraged when I was doing Duolingo because, um, like, you get, like, like each day you do a lesson, you get a streak and my streak was broken. I'm like, I had a 300 day streak and it's broken. And I got discouraged and I'm like, you know, I should not be focusing so much on that. Like I just, sometimes I can be competitive by nature. I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter if like I miss a day, whatever. And just focus on the point of, of learning the language. I want to learn more Japanese. Um, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here, but um, in college, I studied Japanese for a couple of quarters and, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. And what I like about app-based programs is it kind of allows you to learn at your own pace uh, versus like a typical college curriculum where you have, you know, you're, you're graded and you have to submit things by a certain time and there are deadlines and whatnot. I feel like in this day and age, there's so many different ways to learn that, I don't know, I've considered going back to school, but it would have to be for the right reasons and guarantee an output, if that makes sense. Um, But with 
the vast amount of opportunities online, there will be like Skillshare or app-based learning for languages or uh, classes you can take, um, you know, that you're just looking to personally enrich yourself. There are definitely ways to either do it free or very cheap without getting yourself into debt. Um, I will say personally that I definitely do not regret getting my college degree. It's been very, very useful for me, but I can totally understand why a lot of people have become disenfranchised with um, college curriculums uh, and institutions and whatnot. So definitely uh, look into that. Maybe I'll drop a link down the Skillshare below if you guys want to check it out. But there's so many different things you can learn on there. Um, I spent a little bit of time learning about copywriting on there. Uh, I kind of need to get back to it. I, again, that was another thing that kind of fell off to the side once we moved and all that. But I feel like I'm at a point to where I, I want to start picking some of these things back up. And I have some travels planned later this year. Um, my husband and I are renewing our vows for our 15th anniversary. So we're going to Hawaii and I'm super excited. I don't think we'll be doing any international trips this year, which is a little bit of a bummer now that I think about it, but we have a lot of smaller trips planned for conventions and whatnot. Um, so a lot of other smaller trips and some road trips planned. However, we do have that big China and Japan trip that actually is at early next year. So I'm okay with saving up for that. That is um, my stream of consciousness in a, a nutshell. But I think before you know, I conclude this episode, I want to talk a little bit about feelings of inadequacy. Now, I follow a lot of accounts on Instagram that are in relation to childhood trauma and how, you know, that affects you as an adult and you know, your adult relationships and whatnot. And next episode, I'll be getting back on track, um, you know, with my uh, life events in order. Um, but I think the holidays kind of took a turn, <laughs> you know, made it kind of take a turn away. But, um, you know, I mentioned in a previous episode how my husband's stepfather did not treat him very well. Um, and then later on when we were dating, didn't just didn't treat either of us all that well. Um, he hadn't really done anything like directly to me. It was more by association to my husband. You know, when we were dating, he he just made, a, you know, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but he just kind of made us feel just like we were terrible people. And, you know, as I said, I think um, the things we did and the decisions we made were age appropriate based on the history that we both came from, the trauma that we both came from. And all things considered now, I think things turned out remark remarkably well, all things considered. I feel like it could have been a lot worse. Um, and, you know, I think it goes beyond that. It goes even further back to my childhood. My feelings of inadequacy and lack of confidence and self-esteem. Uh, I may have mentioned that I, you know, had been bullied in school um, and, you know, there was abuse going on at home on top of that. So I would use escape mechanisms a lot. Um, 
to to kind of cope it, it, you know and a lot of times that came out in my writing uh, I loved writing I, and I still do fan fiction it's it's like my it's like a whole different world where it's like a safe place you know like you know if you're in therapy they tell you to go to a safe place if you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed and to me it was a safe place to be just kind of immersed in that world either as those characters or creating a storyline around the favorite my favorite characters creating music videos um back before i did youtube i i I loved creating music videos when i was in high school it was it was a lot of fun and drawing um i used to of course you know back when we all used notepaper to write you know (laughs) um yeah so that's what a, a lot of times that's what i would do because my depression back then was hard to live with and i feel like I, I wish, I, I, and I'm glad there's more awareness now because there was a lot of stigma and shame, especially when it came to medication, um, you know, whether it's for like ADHD or depression or whatnot. But I felt like my depression kind of creeped up on me as a related to, of course, things in my life, which I, I think didn't help. Um, I still have it a little bit, but it's much, much more manageable now that my life circumstances are different. But it was, it was, it, you know, when you feel just entirely alone in everything you're going through, it, it's just, uh, it's really hard. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, on top of those things, I, and I touched on my difficult relationship with my aunt in a previous episode. Um, another thing that kind of came up recently that truly kind of bothered me, and this is in relation to my cousin's father, who my cousin lived with most of the time, or 90% of the time, and he would come visit uh, my aunt. Um, I, I, I kind of was recently presented with a situation where... Um, my my mom has been trying to get some family albums back from my cousin and his father who had taken a lot of her things into storage and my mom has been trying to get a hold of those and we recently had my grandfather's funeral which my <laughs> for a variety of reasons my aunt was hesitant to go to and i've learned since then that my aunt had discouraged my cousin from coming to our grandfather's funeral or told his dad because he wouldn't get on the phone with my aunt he he is pretty much just like basically disowned the family has basically been estranged from the family I haven't seen him since my grand my grandmother passed away. And that was back in 2016, so I haven't seen him in probably like almost seven years. I don't know. Um, we were never particularly close. I mean, he seemed like really cool, like as a person as he got older and you know started having his own personality and stuff like that. But I think a lot of a lot of that was because he was very sheltered um, growing up, um, 
and I, you know, I, I'll get into this more in a, in a future episode about the whys as to my understanding that he kind of disowned the family and, and doesn't even talk to his own mother, um, who never did anything wrong or did anything bad to him. Um, if, if anything, they always treated him really, really well, but you know, it, it's turned out from my understanding that my cousin has had his own share of issues and basically moved out of the country. Uh, I don't know if that's because he, that was the measures that they took to get away from our side of the family. I don't know, but it kind of came out that our fam our family was being blamed for things that we shouldn't have be getting or sharing the burden of the blame for because I haven't done anything and it's like okay like what did I do but this goes back so many years to where when we were kids again you know some of my troubled past it's been it's I've heard different things I have heard on one hand that it was my aunt's counselor who told her not to have her son around us and then I've also heard that it's it was his father who said he didn't want them around us because my aunt just had visitation rights she didn't have any custody but there was one point from my understanding that my brother who was living with my grandmother and I, I believe my aunt was too and my cousin would come there for visit for visitation it where they literally made my brother leave so my cousin could be there and I think my brother was like I don't know late teenage years early adulthood something like that and my brother had been accused of some unspeakable things that were became that were unfounded and unjustified so that's so after that it was decided that my cousin wouldn't be allowed to be around us or to see us. And I think this went on for a few years. So he only came to visit when we weren't there. Um, I don't know why I was included in that, but from my understanding back then, it was because my brother and I were a bad influence. And this was after my brother had been accused of th doing things he didn't do. I've had my share of that as well, being accused of things I didn't do and having to live with that amongst everything else going on in my world. But I think part of the reason when I was younger, I didn't like being around my cousin is just because he was treated so much differently. Again, I, for so many years, I felt like I didn't have a voice you know, when you were raised in an abusive setting and household, you don't get to learn. You don't get, you get, you don't get to learn how to speak up for yourself. It, instead, you will get punished for that. So when you grow up, you know, you, you can't speak up for yourself. And I, I found it hard to speak up for myself in school settings and whatnot because of this, because at home, you were taught that you just have to obey, you know, your parents, your authority figures, your teachers, or whatever, and without question, there was no autonomy. And, and it's just 
so what I would do is I would literally go and hide away from my cousin. I think, so we're, we're seven years apart. So I was maybe nine or 10 or so. And when I would, would go and hide, um, and my brother and my cousin are very similar as far as personality when they were kids. They're very outgoing, super hyperactive and whatnot. I was just very quiet to myself and whatnot. But my brother and I were regarded as a bad influence and we couldn't be around him. And so that's my earliest recollection of feeling just excluded and inadequate and like a horrible person. And, you know, I, and, and so when I look back now, I of course realized that that wasn't justified. It was nothing I did, that, that it wasn't my fault. You know, I didn't do anything. I, I realize that now. But back then, it's, it's, it's so hurtful. And even until this day, there, there are some things that have come up, and maybe I'll get into it a little bit later, where my family, like my mom, my brother, and I are being labeled in a negative light at least my brother was not i don't know uh, not so much me i haven't really had any contact with my cousin in seven years so but this is from what i'm understanding his dad had recently had a conversation with my with my brother who um wanted to talk to my cousin because my cousin wouldn't talk to his mom and immediately <laughs> his dad accused my brother of having ill intentions and saying how his son's very like very special and he was taken advantage of which didn't sit right with me because i know i have i haven't i haven't talked to him in years i you know i haven't seen him in many years so you know i wasn't even in the picture and you know it's just like it just takes me back to my childhood. Like, well, what makes him better than everybody? What, what makes him better than us? And that's what I felt when I was younger and, and when we were growing up. It's just like he was, the way he was kind of put on a pedestal for lack of a better explanation. It's just like, you know, we all are unique and different and special in our own ways. Each person is. And, you know, back then when I had no self-esteem, it was just, it was hard. It was hard to, hard to, to feel just rejected. And, and yeah, I mean, and now, you know, I, it, it's only been somewhat recently that honestly, if people don't accept me for me, that's a them problem. That's not a me problem. That's a them problem because I know I'm a good person and, you know, don't want to sound come off as narcissistic or anything like that, but I know I'm a good person with the you know with many talents and a great personality. That and the it's just the reality is you can't please everyone, and sometimes I fall into that. I still do. I still kind of I'm hesitant when I kind of speak up or 
have to kind of defend myself. Like I'm almost hesitant because I'm always worried about how that person's going to think of me or perceive me or react. So I still struggle with that. But, you know, it's, I, I finally, for the most part, reached a place where I, you know, I, I don't really care what people think of me. I'm not, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's just, that's just the reality. You know, I mean, that's just it. And, but I have so many people in my life now who love and care for me. And I, I just feel so incredibly blessed because the me when I was younger would have no idea. I just felt utterly and completely alone. Um, but now I just, I'm surrounded by so many wonderful people who have my back and, 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 you know, make me feel loved and, and, and wanted and, um, you know, so, but hearing some of these things, it's kind of, I guess it's for lack of a better word, like a trigger, so to speak. I was triggered when hearing the situation that even like my cousin's a grown ass man and can speak for himself that his dad is still doing it for him and treating him like he's better than everybody. And yeah, so I mean, I, uh, I mean, you know, I don't have anything against him personally. I really, I really and truly, I truly don't. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I mean, it wasn't by my choice. It's just he basically decided to cut the family off even after my grandfather willed him a property, didn't even come to the funeral. Whereas I felt like my brother and I were kind of forced to go, even though we weren't really close either. I don't know. He just kind of got, he just kind of, you know, got to get off without, you know, to get out of responsibilities. And, and this was because it was thought that my brother would have an altercation or confrontation with him. And brother's like, no, like, why do you still view me like this? Why do you still view me like in this negative light? Why would you think that of me? And it's just so sad, you know, like we're all grown ass adults now that we still have to worry about this. And, you know, my cousin is like 26. Like he is a grown ass man. My brother's a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass woman. Like, you know, we are all capable of speaking for ourselves. And my cousin's capable of speaking for himself, unless there's something else that we don't know about he is capable of speaking for himself. He shouldn't have to rely on his dad to do it for him. Um, so, it, but it is kind of validating to see that something that I knew a long time ago, knowing that, you know, when you, when you have a helicopter parent and so many people have, it is debilitating to the child because they never can really make choices and decisions on their own and I think my mom and a lot of folks knew that that would end up happening that you know you end up over relying on your parents and never being able to think or do things for yourself and you know my brothers and I our childhood was like the complete opposite we were basically like adults, like little adults from as far back as I can remember, you know, getting myself up for school, making my own food, doing my own laundry, you know, getting myself to school. Like I, you know, from as far back as I can remember, like it was on me to remember all of that stuff. And, 
you know, when I got my first job when I was 16, I was pretty much paying for everything myself, uh, except rent, pretty much like my food, everything else. And so it's hard for me to relate to that. I mean, I, of course, there's a happy medium. There's got to be a happy medium and having, you know, loving and supportive family, but also allowing your child to experience um, discomfort or devastations or trauma, like natural trauma, of course, not, you know, up to, you know, upbringings or whatever, just the natural occurrences of life. And it's important for your parent to be there for you when those things happen and to have that support. However, just doing everything for your child is, it's just not, it's just not helpful. So yeah, I, I, I felt, and then I have to kind of redirect myself when I'm thinking about these things. Like, you know, a part of me when I was younger felt a little envious because it's like, why? Because when I was younger and going through all that, I felt like it was because I did something. It was because I did something wrong. It was, it was because of me. And it wasn't until I got a really good therapist when I was in my later teenage years that I realized that it wasn't because of me, that it was because of my um, abuser's own internal issues. It wasn't anything wrong with me or anything that I had done, especially when I was a child. So that was completely, it was very, very liberating. But still, even sometimes now, it, there's like certain things that'll be triggering. And, you know, again, with hearing verbiage like that oh well he's special and he was taken advantage of it's like okay well what makes him better than anybody else you know i mean we're you know all worthy and 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 deserving of love and consideration like you know um so why does why is it one person you know i don't i just i that's what i don't understand and then like why my brother and i were made out to be these horrible people and of course, I mentioned in other episodes where that kind of continued, you know, in as far as in-law units, and that made it so difficult. Like even like you know, I got married to not like, to have like a, a normal family and to experience what it was like, you know, to just have normalcy, but to have that kind of continue on, and you know. And, and in this case, my husband and I being treated like we're just like the scum of the earth, you know? Um, yes, we're far, far from perfect, but I, I feel like the things that, the reactions we got, the things that we got told um, weren't, <laughs> didn't fit the crime. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I think I will leave you guys with that and dive into the next phase of our podcast. Um, We're a little bit shorter today, but um, you know, I think it might be a good thing because I'm gonna get ready for bed and get ready for tomorrow. But I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of impromptu episode and I will get more into this feelings of inadequacy and some of these things later in life because there are more there's a lot more and more to to come um and I just kind of wanted to touch the surface as far as my past and not being close to 
um, my cousin, um, and it's just kind of a shame, you know, especially since we have a small, small family. Um, and you know, when I ended up marrying my husband, I just like, I just want, I, you know, as someone who doesn't want kids, but I just like, I would love to have a large, a big family, like an in-law, like a in-laws and all that, uh, didn't work out that way, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, that aside, I, I am extremely blessed for my chosen family that has kind of come into my life and for my family members who have stepped up and changed and improved themselves and made amends for past wrongdoings. And I'm incredibly thankful. And uh, for those of you listening, you know who you are. Um, so I'm incredibly thankful. Um, I Where there is uh, discontent, I, I want to find that silver lining and gratitude for those people in my life who accept me as I am. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I will see you guys or you guys will hear from me in another podcast episode real soon. So take care. Bye.